Today on the Coach Mike Podcast, I have a relationships and dating expert. Her name is Tracy McMillan. She's been on Super Soul Sundays with Oprah. She also, if you tune into Family or Fiance on the OWN Network, you see Tracy doing what she does best, which is providing advice, inspiration, and touching on the subject of love. I recorded with Tracy previously, and then the coronavirus hit. So Tracy was kind enough to re-record with me post-coronavirus because we've all had to reinvent or pivot our idea of what dating looks like and also what it looks like to be in a relationship during the coronavirus. Tracy has provided amazing tips on today's episode. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you the top 10 dating online websites so that perhaps now's the time for you to start putting your toe back in the pool or maybe you already know, but you need some advice because it just has not been working out for you. There's a lot of options. There's also a lot of greatness out there. My sister actually met her husband, Chuck. Uh, I believe it was Match.com. And they've been happily married uh, for many years and have their daughter, Libby. And it's pretty common these days. So courting someone during the coronavirus looks completely different, especially with social distancing. So it could potentially look a little bit awkward to be walking six feet across from each other and trying to really connect. It also raises questions around how intimate can we really get if we're not able to be physically in the same room with someone that we're interested to be with? So we cover those topics. We also cover Tracy's life, who I am a big fan of. She's really exciting, has a fresh perspective. And so here you go. This is Tracy McMillan. Hey, Tracy. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. I'm actually adapting to captivity. What are the big changes? What are the pros and cons that you've seen going on right now? Well, I mean, the number one thing is that there's actually no real outcome. So you can't really date with an outcome of like, you know, even meeting each other in person. I mean, maybe you can have a social distancing walk, but the normal progression that you think of in dating doesn't exist right now. So that is a total game changer. It's a whole new world. My theory is this is the biggest thing to happen to dating since the pill. And when you say things have changed, you're saying where it's totally, like, I guess I have so many questions for you or just to talk about and thoughts I have as well. First part is for someone who's single right now in quarantine, what would somebody do to start looking for a mate? Right. <laughs> what would they do? <laughs> well, we have apps. So in a way, apps are perfect for dating in quarantine. You can go on the apps and you can follow. So the apps have a certain progression. It, you swipe and then you text and then you have a phone call and then you would meet. 
And instead of skipping any steps, because there's lots of people on the apps who aren't interested in the texting phase or aren't interested in the phone call phase, and they would just skip right to the meeting. Mm -hmm. But now you're forced to be in a much longer, slower relationship. You could almost call it slow dating. So you're saying, yeah. Well, you're saying that you would go from uh, seeing if you're interested to with each other online. And do you think it's a phone call next or it's a video call? Well, you can do it either way. I actually would do a phone call because, frankly, I feel like video gets in the way at first. Because there's a weird disconnect in video that isn't there when you're talking on the phone. And the disconnect is that you don't know whether to look at them or look at you, or look in the camera. So you're you're looking in the camera, but but they're on your screen. So and if you look at the screen, then they're not seeing your eyes. So to me, it's actually better to get on a voice call because none of that is part of it. You can just tune in to the person's voice, and I feel like you can tell an awful lot about somebody by their voice. I mean, you can kind of tell everything about them. Right. And and it seems like a good way to make sure you're not what's called catfishing. Catfished is to eventually get that video uh, once you start pursuing someone to kind of figure out, like, is this person real or do they even look like what they presented? Exactly. But I think you have to go very slow and develop your intuition on a whole level that we're not used to doing. So for the last, whatever, 10 years, we've had hookup culture. Hookup culture is not about getting to know another person. It's specifically about not getting to know another person. Mm. It's like, let's just skip the getting to know you part and hook up and get to the hookup part. Well, now COVID-19 has turned the entire world upside down. And now you're going to skip the hookup part and just do the getting to know you part. So in a way, it's this opportunity to practice a level of intimacy that has sort of been lost in the dating process over the last, you know, since they invented the pill. That's why I say it's the biggest change since the pill was invented because the pill made it so you could have sex with anybody without the usual consequences. Like you're not gonna get pregnant, you know what I'm saying? And then suddenly we could date without having to have any sort of a, the biggest threat, it was gone. Now, We've got COVID-19 where if you hold hands with someone, there's a grave threat. You could die from holding hands with someone, certainly, or kissing. You could have, like, get a grave disease from kissing. What? This is, like, a whole new world that we're living in, and it's not going to go away anytime soon, not until we get a vaccine. So suddenly we're living in a world where... You could conceivably need to be in a long-term committed relationship before kissing someone. That is mind-blowing. What are people going to do? (laughs) No one is prepared for this. It's like anything where there's pros and cons, right? Because the cons of getting to know someone, uh, for anyone that may struggle with, let's say, more of a love-addictive nature, you know, uh, just to throw that term out there, or the intensity... Yeah. Where suddenly you have this common bond of COVID-19 and you're both in your house alone. And like, when does somebody know, 
okay, I got to chill out. We don't need to be FaceTiming for three hours a day during this. Because I, I've noticed some people, there's this rush of comfort that they're looking for as well that wasn't maybe as intense before. That's interesting. I mean, I think people who are intensity addicts, who love intensity, are going to find a way to create intensity, intensity no matter what, you know? Because I think the other... There's the intensity piece and there's the fantasy piece. So in a way, COVID is a perfect situation if you're into fantasy, because you're not really going to encounter this person in the real world for a lot longer than you would used to would have. But I guess what I want to say is the pro uh, of this, the opportunity mm. is that you're going, you get to present yourself in a more real way. Why? Because you're not really trying to get anywhere. There's nowhere to get. So you might as well check out being parts of you that maybe you worry are, or you, a lot of times when people are first dating, they're presenting their very best self. Well, I would encourage you to not present your very best self, to present your most authentic self. And if somebody wants to go away, that's fine because you were probably not even going to meet them in the first place. I think that this is like a grand experiment where you can uh, um, take risks in getting to know people you wouldn't normally get to know in not going straight to the hookup because weirdly the hookup um, caps the amount of intimacy that you can do. The other challenge of this, right, is before there was greater likelihood of finding someone in your own city, potentially. Yes. Now, uh, in the virtual space, you're, you could start to have feelings for someone in another city. That's right. Which is a opportunity, but it's also tricky. It is. I mean, the weird thing is no matter how close or far away someone is, you're dating long distance. So suddenly dating. Someone, Even if they're a mile away. Exactly. So suddenly someone who's long distance is no further away than the person who's down the street. So um, I kind of love this opportunity. I think it's going to make it like as a culture, we had really got moved in the direction of let's call it avoidance, love avoidance, where, you know, there's the thing about the downside of the apps is that there's always another person. There's always another person. So you can constantly be maximizing. Well, I've got four other people I can talk to. Well, now we don't really have that because there isn't always another person, especially if you were the kind of dater who's constantly saying, okay, two months with this person and then I move on. Two months with this person. That endless supply of people is now gone for the foreseeable mm -hmm. future. So I think... It's an opportunity to go way deeper in your dating. Now, that doesn't, it's also an opportunity for people to go straight to a video hookup, which is fine. I mean, eventually being in isolation, though, that's going to become um, unsatisfying and unfulfilling. Because I think one of the things that being in isolation has shown people is that they actually need other, it's like, it's shown us how much we actually need other people. It's yeah, and not having all of our low-key interactions like lunch and business and work and all that. It's not there. So 
it's like, I think people are seeing, oh, I need an attachment figure. I need one person to be partnered with. I mean, because there aren't endless people out there anymore. And and what, now that uh, couples are spending more time together, yeah. um, where somebody was at work during the day, right. and now they're at the house, and again, there's it can be an obstacle if, if people can't work through their issues because they're around each other all the time, but it's also an opportunity to enhance the relationship. Like, what advice do you have? I think couples are having the opposite challenge. Instead of being faced with too much isolation, they're faced with too much togetherness. So they are going to have to learn how to create separate selves that are not based on distance, right? So um, one of the things that creates intimacy is distance, right? A certain amount, like, you and I are not the same person. I don't need your approval all the time. I don't need to approve of you all the time. I'm okay with um, having you be separate from me. That is critical to being close to somebody is also being able to be separate. But a lot of times people create separation just by being gone all day. And that's not actual separation. Um, a lot of people have a lot of codependency. Codependency means you're sort of in a potato sack and mm. you need, and you're moving like this all the time. And if you're in the house with somebody, you're going to quickly realize if you're in an emotional potato sack with the other person. And in that case, you need to learn how to get out of the emotional potato sack and be separate, even while you're in close proximity. And that's actually very big work, very big work. Mm. And that's why, most people who get divorced or fight a lot, it's actually due to the emotional potato sack. They just, it's hard to see when you're living your normal, regular life. I thought it's very interesting in general. I've had this thought recently. So I'm single, right? And there's this culture of, even during the coronavirus, where there's a lot of like uh, couples doing this and, oh, it's so hard to be together. And I'm like, yeah, try being alone. Exactly. Right? And, 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 and it's so fascinating to me with relationships that there's this idea and culture about like, I don't know, like my parents were married 20 years, right? They weren't great for each other. But if somebody met my parents, uh, they would go, wow, you guys have been married 20 years. But then if somebody was single, they wouldn't go, wow, you've been by yourself for 20 years. It's like so mm -hmm. embraced this idea in culture, even around relationships. And you see people posting their relationships now and putting up a facade, right? Like yeah. not saying what's really going on. It's like, yeah. it's like selfies for couples and culture right now. And I don't know right now for me, I'm just like, Oh God, stop. Like mm -hmm. just work it on out. I actually feel like this is going to create a lot of people who were comfortably single are going to become uncomfortably single. Right. And then and that is going to lead them toward relationship. And I think this mm. is a really good thing. I think this is a really good thing. So I want Tracy's tips on how do you show yourself, but not like the perfect mate in terms of a profile. I think so many, yeah. we now have so many people going on the internet building a profile. Yeah. And there's no 
you know, at least with dating, there's a little bit of a process like, hey, we talk on the phone, we meet up, we get coffee, kind of how you describe how you date. So now, like in terms of how you present yourself, how does yeah. someone determine how to authentically present themselves? Because if you're talking to someone on the phone for two months and only showing the best part of yourself, then you'll meet them. And the chemistry is totally different once you get physical bodies in, right? It like, might be. Yeah. Might be. Could be amazing. I would recommend dating a lot of people, number one. So as far as your presentation, this is what I'm saying. Stop presenting the best side of you. Don't You don't have to present your deep, dark depression either, but you don't have to be perfect. Try not right. being perfect. This is like, how do you do that? I think you can have cute pictures. There's nothing wrong with having cute pictures. No. I would keep the um, description in your profile to a relative minimum. You want to communicate who you are and some things about you, um, like kind of what area you work in and a little bit about, I don't know, your sense of humor, your personality. Communicate a little bit of that, but keep it pretty short. Then when you're swiping, I'm going to say, follow your gut. I want everybody to attune way deeper to their gut sense of who it is they're really responding to. And, and educate in case people don't know what swiping means. Swiping is when you're looking at the picture of the person on a dating app, you're either going to swipe left or swipe right, or on some of them, you're going to like their picture, or you're going to say a little something to them, or they're going to say a little something to you. Now, and that's I how want, it matches you up, right? So if you both like yeah. each other, okay. And then if they swipe right on you. Now, here's the other thing. If you're on, for example, Bumble. Bumble has a feature where you can pay $10 and you can just see the people who swiped right on you. I recommend this. You don't need to get into the swiping. You just go to the list of people who already swiped right on you. And then just choose from them. This very much works better if you're a woman. And, and, then, and by the way, a lot cheaper than having to buy a dinner and drinks. Yeah. That it's, like, it's like three <laughs> frappuccinos. You know what I'm saying? And you're not having any of those right now. So <laughs> you might as well spend that extra, you know, Starbucks money on the, on the dating. So just go to the list of people who already liked you and just start swiping right on the ones that you respond to. And I want you to just go really into your intuition. If something says to you, no, then just go no. And if somebody says, huh, maybe, then say yes. So once you're in there, I would say, write a little bit more than like, hi, or hey, or how was your day? You have to give an opening for the person to communicate with you. Um, think of something to say that is, an interaction, right? Yeah. Like talk about a little bit about who you are as a person. Um, give a little bit of your personality. Ask for help starting a conversation. Like, um, you know, I'm not sure the best way to do this, but maybe you could help me out. You know, what do you want to talk about first? What should we talk about first? You know, captivity. <laughs> Everyone's in captivity, you know. So what are some don'ts in terms of uh if you if you're saying to yourself I want to be in a relationship. 
Yeah. And in terms of building a profile, initially what comes to my mind with a don't is don't tell someone everything you don't like in your profile. Tell them yeah, everything don't you talk do about like. What you don't want. Right. Okay. What else? Just is, don't be negative. Like uh, sometimes you'll see people who are like, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want that. You're like, no one cares what you don't want. I don't even need to hear so much about what you do want. I want to hear about you. Who are you? I love ginger ale, the New York Times, and great cheese. Okay, that tells you a lot about me because what am I choosing to talk about? Number one, tells you about who I am. And um, I think you can find out a lot in the in the uh, texting mode. You know, people are mostly going to go on your picture as far as that first swiping is concerned. A lot of it's just going to be the picture but you want to give them enough information. Like if somebody's on there and is not saying anything about what they do, I don't trust that. I think you mm. need to be revealing a little bit, but you don't have to reveal everything. You know, you can say, you know, I work in the entertainment business or um, I love my work or I'm at my dream job or I'm at my not dream job, but I have a lot of interesting hobbies. Just a little bit of something about you. Um, without revealing too, too much. Um, then once you get to the texting, make sure you're opening a conversation every time you text with the person. Keep opening, um, except don't be perfect. And then here's the thing. It's like, you'll know if you have a connection because you'll want to answer back. You'll want to say something back. They will say something back to you. That's how you know you have a connection. So now if what you're on there to do is just hook up, of course, that's a whole different protocol, but that no one needs my help hooking up. We all know. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I talk about relationship creating because you guys don't need my help hooking up. You know how to do that. So um, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that um, what you're saying is how to kind of court through an app and start with like conversations that are kind of soft and easy and like, and getting to a spot where, um, you know, what are your thoughts on people who become boyfriend and girlfriend without ever meeting or boyfriend, boyfriend or girlfriend, girlfriend, you know, like, cause during this period of time, people are going months without meeting and then it becomes, I would say, yeah. It's just going to go a lot slower. So I would say you can take a social distancing walk with someone. You can have a meeting on a park bench at six feet. You can do that. It's just that you're obviously not going to get in the car and drive to take a walk for six feet unless you're already having some kind of a fairly significant connection with someone. So that's why once you, I would, Quickly get to a phone call, relatively quickly. I would do some texting. Get to a phone call. You are going to know the minute you hear that person's voice if there's a connection there. And then see if you get to the place of feeling like if the phone call makes you want to have another phone call, and then the the second or third phone call will make you want to go for a social distancing hike or walk. There's no reason you can't do that. But here's what's going to happen. Anything that's not actually alive is going to die. Because there's a 
feature of the virus that basically just takes out everything that's not super viable. It just, mm. it just can't thrive under these conditions. So it forces you to only, you're only going to meet up with someone that you already have, you know, I'm, I'm likening it to a plant. There's already a shoot with some roots on it by the time you try to put it into the real world where that mm. wasn't, didn't have to be the case before you could get to the real world with very little. You do, you, know? do you mind, do you mind sharing just what your dating life is like for you personally with, through this? Yeah. What my dating life is like is, um, I feel like it's about being more real. Um, and then you get to the phone call or the FaceTime and I think it's like everything that's not real. It's just like you let it go at the same time, because there's no outcome. I think you can have three people that you're talking to. And what is, what is that? The interesting thing about that is not that you have like, that you're juggling people. The interesting thing about that is that you get to see how you respond. Now, my whole thing about dating is it's not about a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the other person. It's about checking into how you feel and being mindful of how you feel with each person you date. So what you get to notice is the differences between how people are acting toward you. Like if someone says, okay, I'll call you at, on Tuesday and they don't call on Tuesday, they text you on Wednesday. <laughs> You get to see, oh, yeah. this person's kind of ambivalent. Or the person who just shows up and is right there, you get to see, oh, this person's really right here. I feel like when you are dating for an outcome, you're much more willing to overlook um, behavior that isn't quite right or feelings inside you where you're like, eh, I'm not that into them. It. You're way more willing to like let things slide when there's an opportunity maybe to either have a relationship or have sex. People just are. I'm not even talking about myself because I'm pretty strict, but people are willing to let things slide and now there's nowhere to let them slide to. It's like it's 1900, Coach Mike. It is not like 20, the 2019 dating where people are like, how fast can we get to the sex? It's there is no sex. Sex is not going to happen. At least no, so it sounds happen. like it sounds like you're having a lot of fun though. Like this is like a it's fun. A, it's like you're getting to know actual people being relational. I think that's the crucial thing that has been lost in hookup culture is the relationship. I've always been in a relationship, but I was sort of old fashioned and people would look at me and go, you know, why aren't you kissing me on a first date? I'm like, because I don't know you yet. <laughs> the kiss is going to come out of the relating. It doesn't, mm -hmm. there is no rush. So in a way, this has been great for me. Yeah. And it sounds like uh, there's a lot of options in terms of what people can go on for apps. And I think a lot more people are on apps. I think a lot of people are going on apps who were not on apps two weeks ago. And and so once you do feel like you're connecting with someone and they are, let's say, in another city. Um, well, we're not going to be doing anything about that until people start driving, which we're in Southern California. 
Yeah. We're at least locked down until May 15th right now. Um, but it's so it's like whatever is your particular state, whatever's happening in your particular state, I just think you got to look at like at, we're, we're at least two months or three months away from meeting your long distance romance, at least, if not longer. Well, I think if there was ever a time to get to know someone, it's right now, you know. Exactly. I think the opportunity is stop thinking about the end game and just be in the right now. Just the right now and see what happens. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for uh, jumping in with me. Any other tips or advice before we filter out? Just stay in the right now. Get to know yourself on a whole new level. Get to know other people on a whole new level. Let go of the outcome. It's like the ultimate mindful dating. Just let go of the outcome. See what happens. I love it. Be open. Well, thank you for coming back on and plugging this in. Well, anytime. Let's hang out. By faith. By we will. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to tune into Owns Family or Fiance to see Tracy on brand new episodes this coming summer, every Saturday night. Thank you, Tracy. <laughs> Bye. So here are 10 very popular dating apps. Uh, I can't say that I've interacted with a lot of them, but they are apps that are very popular and people seem to love. And I'm going to give you a list of 10 of them. One is Tinder. They kind of invented the swipe left or swipe right. And what it does is if you swipe right, which basically means you see the other person's photo and they also swipe right, basically matches you up and said, hey, you two like each other. If you swipe left, and even if they swipe right, you won't see their profile anymore because you're just not interested. Bumble is another dating app. And it's a swiping app that allows women to have the first move in communication, kind of breaks down those stereotypes that men have to make that first move. Uh, We also have Match.com which started the whole online dating over 20 years ago. And it has questionnaires so that they can best sync you up with dating. Another is OkCupid. And the profiles are much more in-depth than most dating sites. If you answer a seemingly endless series of questions, they will spit out a reasonable match. Enemy percentage ratio on profiles to help you gauge compatibility and... uh, OkCupid okay, has LGBT, straight, um, and everything in between. Grinder is for gay men, and it shows you the proximity of other men who are also interested in men. Hinge is another app or website, and what it does is it allows users who want to match with each other, they must like and answer or picture something that's attached to the profile. So they can see exactly what the other person liked about them. Instead of just swiping and liking their, you know, photos, they have to swipe and like something on your page that attracted them to you. Zoosk, Z-O-O-S-K, is an app that's heavily focused on pictures. So if you're wanting to see a lot of pictures of someone who you could be compatible with, that's the app. Meet Me is a mobile version of the bar coffee house where everyone belongs. Members chat with each other, they share, they connect, and can be used for friends as well as dating. 
We also have Facebook, which recently launched its dating app on Facebook, which essentially matches you up with people who are in your home area. And all you do is, you know, kind of search on Facebook and look at dating and figure out if uh, you're interested in someone. A website that is popular that I'm not suggesting is Ashley Madison, which is a Canadian online dating service for people who are married or in relationships. I think that covers things, guys. I think that are those are the most popular apps. And, um, you know, look, I always, I know I just gave you a, a big list of apps and this may not even apply to you. You could be married or in a relationship, but, you know, the most important thing is how do you best represent yourself in such a way so that you are not falsely putting yourself out there so that you are being authentic to who you truly are. If you have certain hobbies or interests, you know, at the end of the day, it's about someone loving you for who you are, whether you're zany, whether you're have certain hobbies that could be a little unusual. Um, you know, the right person's going to love you for all those unusual or different uh, hobbies that you might have. You know, always put up a recent photo and it doesn't necessarily mean you need to put up the, uh, you know, most attractive photo of yourself. I mean, you can put up a cute photo, but, you know, it's also about setting expectations and, um, you know, posting something that was you 10 years ago uh, is probably not going to end up getting you what you really want because you're not starting off the relationship on a honest footing. Um, you know, don't lie about your job. Don't lie about situations in your life. It's really important to just start off with a place of honesty, but also be safe. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are scammers. Uh, there's actually a lot of people who have created fake Instagram accounts of myself and gone after a lot of women. I get Gosh, I probably get 10 to 15 messages per day of someone contacting me saying, hey, here's a fake profile uh, that says this is Coach Mike Bear's uh, private Instagram account. And they've literally just taken my photos, put them on a page. Let's say they call themselves Billy and then go out and try to basically get money or get trips or waste a lot. And there's no shame or anything wrong with putting yourself out there with dating. I mean, the reality is at the end of the day, we have to be proud of ourselves, proud of the life you've lived, the life you pulled together. And even during the coronavirus, you can still put yourself out there in such a way so you can still have conversation and interest. And uh, I am sure there's going to be a lot of people who start dating during this period of time that are going to end up being in really long-lasting relationships. And so, you know, put yourself in a spot that is going to make you the most happy. Uh, please click to subscribe to this podcast. Give it a review. And each week, I try to do my very best to be of service to you all 
to provide you with topics, information, solutions, inspirations, and maybe even help you look differently at your life and the world around you. Thank you.